welcome back to the great debate for another week well week 14 is nearly in the book and we are getting to the pointy end of the season of course if you are listening to us there's a good chance you're in the playoffs hopefully you nail those win and in scenarios this week and you're feeling comfortable and confident heading into the most wonderful time of the year as always i'm your host sheen and joining me tonight is the host of dynasty wire super producer himself it is nick aka iowa how you doing man Doing well. Definitely can't let Sheehan go solo on his duet pod. So I'm here for you. Yeah, thank you very much. You stepped up at the very last minute uh, after I was lazy in booking a guest for this week. The person I did have lined up uh, decided his family was more important than fantasy football. So I don't know where he kind of got that impression from, (laughs) but uh, that's certainly not our beliefs here at Sleeperwire. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. (laughs) Now, you're, of course, more of a dynasty guy. You're in just about as many leagues as anyone I know. Have you had first round buys? Are you ready for the playoff season? What's your next four weeks looking like? How it's boiled out this year is I'm a little under 20% eliminated from the playoffs and the remainder are going to make the playoffs. I planned on looking at it at the end of this game and kind of figure out how many are going to be first round buys. But overall, pretty good season. I know you're, you're fighting for that one of those last spots in the writer's league i am it looks like i'm gonna just get over the top of regular guest on this show justin and in another league i'm playing against another regular guest on this show who's and if i win those two that will be every single one of my leagues over 500 and i think most of them in the playoffs as well awesome uh, which i am i am very pleased about had a couple of first round buys already and of course had a big win in my family league this week that will make me very happy but perhaps upset the apple cart in my house a little bit but you know what all's fair in love and war and fantasy football tonight we're doing something a little bit different we're getting towards the end of the season i'm sure you don't want to hear us debate the merits of rubbish wide receiver b versus rubbish wide receiver y so i have borrowed a format from my friends over at front yard fantasy football in the same way that unnamed assailants borrowed art from the Isabel Stewart Gardner Museum all those years ago. And tonight we have done a little bit of a running back bracket. I'm glad you've actually joined me for this one, Nick, because you inspired me when you sent a Spider-Man pointing meme to one of our group (laughs) chats today with all these rubbish running backs. And I figured with Spider-Man No Way Home coming out, it was serendipitous. So I'm glad you're here for this, uh, this first edition of the Great Bracket Bait. I don't know if that name's going to kick. Yeah, I can't take credit for creating it originally, but basically took the 12 different Spider-Mans with all these different no-name running backs pointing at each other and crossed out all the ones that sucked last week, which was pretty much all of them, with one outlier being a great play. Yes, and I'm sure we are going to absolutely get to... Uh to that man. He's a little bit later on the bracket, but let's kick it off with two 49ers. Our first discussion tonight, Jermichael Hasty or Jeff Wilson. Who do you want on your roster rest of season? Well, if Debo was going to miss, I would have probably looked at this matchup differently, or if it looked like this groin thing was going to be a longer term thing, but he looked good out there. Is one of these guys the backup to Mitchell? No. Debo is the backup to Mitchell. It appears that Jermichael Hasty would be more of like the receiving back. Jeff Wilson did get like 13 carries. So if Debo were to miss more time, I think Jeff Wilson would be my preference between the two. If for some reason your league rewards return yards, Hasty was out there for some of the returns, but Jeff Wilson got more looks 
by like four times as much. So for me, it would be Jeff Wilson. Yeah, it was uh, 13 carries for Wilson versus three targets for Hasty. I've been a big Hasty guy this season, but I think with the reemergence of Ayuk, Kittle coming back from injury, I just don't think those check down targets are going to be there. Even uh, Juwan Jennings has started looking good as well. So my Jermichael Hasty shares might be worthless. So I'm happy to go with Jeff Wilson, and Jeff Wilson moves into the second round. That's a, a good win from uh, from my name of Jeff. Yep. Now, our next discussion, well, I tell you what, if you saw this one coming, I want the lotto numbers and everything you have to tell us about the future because this is just ridiculous. He's got the name of probably the most boring man. I don't know if you watch what we do in the shadows. There's a little bit of Colin Robinson about this name, and that's Craig Reynolds running back from the Detroit Lions. And he is up against, yes, he's still in the league, Duke Johnson Jr., who is currently in Miami. Do you have any strong feelings one way or the other about either of these two? Well, as far as Craig Reynolds, you just saw on Sunday, he entered the trending players list and I added him zero places. <laughs> I had never heard of this person before he hit that list. Yeah, it's like he's elevated from the practice squad. He's going to basically probably just be there to be there. Maybe special teams. Nope. The Lions are in full tank mode and playing whoever gives them the best chance to lose. So that was Craig Reynolds last week. Now, Duke Johnson on by, but with the whole COVID thing with Gaskin, you know, if he comes back, cool. But if Gaskin doesn't come back, you know, Ahmed, I know he's someone who you brought up in the past. He's also on COVID. Uh, maybe even finally get to see Dokes, someone who I was touting after the draft and quickly never mentioned again as soon as the season began. But man, this one's a toughie. I think I'm going to go with Duke Johnson just based on maybe he has a week or to where he's the last man standing in that backfield. I'm inclined to say uh, Duke Johnson as well. In case you you haven't got round to it yet, COVID has gone through that Miami running room like Pete Davidson through the 40-year-old celebrity community. <laughs> Duke Johnson and I think it's Jared Dokes are the only two running backs there that are at this stage not in the protocol. Worth noting that all of the Miami running backs have been vaccinated, so as they could test out of it. But as we've seen every week this season, that even if you're vaccinated, I don't think anyone's got up to play the next week. I am interested in Craig Reynolds and... To be honest, as I said, boring name, probably not even the best Reynolds on the lines going into this week, but 11 attempts for 83 yards on the ground, two targets for two catches and 16 yards through the air. I don't really feel confident playing him, but I would probably prefer him rest of season to Duke Johnson. In saying that, Swift is possibly back this week, as is Jamal Williams. Yep. Not only is Jamal Williams potentially back, it's COVID IR, right, with him? Yes. And Swift last week, oh, potential IR candidate this week, oh, still might come back. But Jamar Jefferson was dealing with an illness all week. And oh, yeah, he's going to play. It's no big deal. Well, apparently it might have been a big deal. So I think Craig Reynolds could be just a blip on the radar. And then it goes back to what we expected with Jamal Williams and then Jamar Jefferson probably being the three like he was all year. Yep, I think you're probably right. Although 99 yards is nothing to be sneezed at. Do you think this is the last we've seen of Craig Reynolds or or Craig Reynolds, as I suppose our American friends might say? I wouldn't be banking on really seeing him again unless there's injuries that last longer there. I know Duke Johnson's basically kind of old and crusty now and bouncing around, but at least he has a chance to be the last man standing where it looks like Craig Reynolds could have 
just relegated back to the practice squad tomorrow. Yeah. And let me finish this one. I'm going to say Duke Johnson is advancing here. What's I'm going to set the over under at 30 and a half days before either of us see our first. Hey, do you guys remember Craig Reynolds uh, tweet under because it'll probably be next week. You know what? Maybe I'll tweet it tomorrow. <laughs> Duke Johnson progressing to the next round. Now, our third discussion of the night, Amir Abdullah, the former Detroit pass catching back for Godwin Igwebuike. Yeah, I think Igwebuike might have nailed it the first time. Mr. Godwin. Yes. <laughs> Let's call it Godwin I. God, perhaps. We've got Amir Abdullah versus God here in the, <laughs> the third one. Who will win? Yes. Anyone who listens to any of the podcasts and certainly listen to the Sunday Blitz will know what a big fan of Amir Abdullah I am and, and how confident I was in him. That was perhaps not borne out on the weekend as he failed to really make the impact I thought he would. He still had four targets, which is not too bad. He was the fourth most targeted player on their team, but four for 16 on the ground, two receptions for 17 yards through the air for Abdullah. As I'm sort of vamping here, do you want to uh, tell me what you think about either of these two before we make our decision? So Joe Brady fired last week. Yep. Who was the his replacement there? Do you know? Uh, Matt Rule's mate. The one thing he said, oh, we're going to ground and pound. That to me said Hubbard more than Abdullah. But as you have liked Abdullah as the pass catching back, it does seem like Abdullah is probably playing that role. Abdullah is still getting the pass catching work. Godwin Igwabu. Okay, just Mr. Godwin. <laughs> I like him more than Craig Reynolds. Yep. I, I liked him as well. I think as a, a flexible player, I thought he had more fantasy value than uh, Jamar Jefferson as well. I was all in on Godwin. Circling back, Jeff Nixon is the new Panthers offensive coordinator. But if you Google Panthers offensive coordinator, Joe Brady still comes up. So clearly uh, he's not updated his own Wikipedia just yet with the uh, <laughs> the news. Well, I like the guy that you have liked, Amir Abdullah. Um, I could go with him over Godwin Iguabuike. The possibility of Swift coming back, it could be all, all for naught as far as trying to sort out who's back there. Swift doesn't come back. I mean, I still kind of like him, but we know CMC isn't coming back. So with that, I would, I'd be rolling with Abdullah there. Yep. Yeah. I've, uh, I've pushed him through to the next round. Now, Amir Abdullah's uh, running buddy in the backfield, Chuba Hubbard versus Alex Collins to, uh, to do the top half of our bracket here. Who do you like? Alex Collins was baby Marshawn Lynch there for a hot minute, but <laughs> now he's been not great for quite a while. I know there was injury things he was dealing with there, but Chuba Hubbard is someone I've liked since the pre-draft process. Someone where I thought if he came out like last year, then he would have been in the discussion with like Akers and Dobbins. But uh, after coming back, he drastically reduced his draft stock and fell behind CMC. So he fell in drafts, but he's getting an opportunity here at the end. It does seem like he's going to dominate the carries portion of the backfield. There's not many people I like as far as a backup running back outside of the everyone's favorites more than Chuba Hubbard. I was a big fan of uh, Hubbard in college as well, and I thought he would be the perfect fit for this 49ers offense. I thought he's an excellent zone runner, enough speed, like he wasn't going to cost him a 
fortune. And I think he'd be at least as good as Mitchell and certainly better than Sermon in that offense. And I think he might have even made that mantle his own. And I was surprised they didn't go for him. I thought he'd be such a good fit. Also, I don't care for Alex Collins. I think he's been shit most of this year. I don't think he's a particularly good football player. He had six for 16 on the weekend on the ground with the longest of seven. So for those who play, you know, six rushes for nine yards. And I tell you what, I reckon he was lucky to get nine. So for me, it's Truba Hubbard moving on, which gives us the tantalizing Abdullah versus Hubbard in the second round. But I'm just going to tease you with that as we go to two other stable mates here. And we have Ty Johnson versus Austin Walter of the New York Jets. I think this one should be a pretty simple discussion, but do you have any reason why Austin Walter might be moving on over Johnson? By plan or by chance, you were zero RB this week. You might have been sliding in Austin Walter, and that is exactly what he got you, which was zero. Apparently, there was an illness thing, which is why he wasn't playing. So maybe he even gets more than zero next week. He did have, what, a touchdown a week or two ago. Yeah, two, I think. Yep. Ty Johnson, he's the better athlete. He's been better basically all season there. Someone who I've kind of liked is like a late stash in like Dynasty, not knowing what's going on with Carter, especially not having like draft capital. You know, it could just be anybody in that backfield, but pretty easy for me. I didn't know who Austin Walter was until he scored that touchdown. So Ty Johnson, easy for me. Yeah. Austin Walter, I've only just met her. <laughs> um, that's not anything. Um, Ty. <laughs> Ty Johnson, worth noting, I'm a big Ty Johnson guy. I think that he's been displaced, rightly so, by Michael Carter. The Jets would be a much better team if they used Ty Johnson more. He'd get seven targets for four catches for 40 yards this week, which is good work as a pass catcher in a team without too many pass catchers and a quarterback who struggles to throw more than 10 yards down the field. So I'm happy with Ty Johnson and Austin Walter. Hey, goodbye. We barely knew you. Nice knowing you. Exactly. Now, this one might be another walkover. I think these two might have actually been in the same draft class, if memory serves me correctly. We have currently of the Houston Texans, Royce Freeman versus first round draft pick made good Rashad Penny. What do you like here? I have distant memories of Royce Freeman ruining a startup draft in Dynasty back his rookie year. Oh, yeah. That was a, a little bit disappointing. And up until basically last week, Rashad Penny was disappointing. But those uh, those Penny stocks are paying off. <laughs> Blew up last week. It sucks that he's matched against Royce Freeman here because I, I think that there's at least a little possibility of relevance if he had drawn like the winner of the WAC conference in this in this bracket. Maybe he would have advanced, but this looks like Rashad Penny breakout. Carson could retire. We talked on Dynasty Wire that last week that, you know, Rashad Penny was worth the stash, especially going into next year, even though he's going to likely be a free agent. They could even bring him back or he could be earning a payday as of right now. Advancing for me, easy, Penny. Yep, it's Penny for me too. Bear in mind, this guy's had more issues with soft tissue than a broken machine at the Charmin factory. Nice. Who's to- <laughs> well played. <laughs> Who's to say 16 for 137 yards, two touchdowns is good business, even taking out that 47-yard touchdown. That's still 15 for 90 on the ground. He can get it done through the air as well, which is exciting because 
who knows, Russ may cook, Russ might not cook. I'm prepared to put the stamp on Rashad Penny and say that if he can stay fit, he could be a league winner in the back end of the season. Now, that is not to discount our friend Royce Freeman, who actually got more work than Penny and very nearly went over 100 yards himself. He had, oh, actually, sorry, I misread that. He had 11 for 15 on the ground. That's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Taking out his longest eight-yard run, that is uh, 10 for seven on the ground. And you know what? I was harsh on Alex Collins. He was lucky to get that. But looking at the box score here, I can see that Freeman had eight targets, six catches. And again, that is good work for a running back. Houston, you know they're going to play from behind. Davis Mills now under center for the rest of the year. I think there are going to be targets in that backfield. And why is it not going to be Freeman? So if you're playing in a PPR league, I think you could do worse than him. And in fact, I think he's probably copped a bit of a bum draw here. As you say, he might have gone on a little bit further uh, had he had a slightly easier matchup. But I, I don't hate Freeman. But the reality is both of us seen as season dice players. I think we both have a strong dislike for both of these guys uh, thanks to their output over so many seasons. Mm -hmm. David Johnson, probably going to come back from COVID and even this week, split work with Burkhead. So a nice re-emergence from Royce. He was on Carolina there for a little while. Yep. So cool to see you again. Got to be going though. Yeah. And and yet Frank Gore remains unemployed. (laughs) Hmm. Just his spawn out here breaking off long runs. (laughs) Well, the second last matchup of this preliminary round here is Justin Jackson, who I've included just in case Austin Eckler's injury lingers through the rest of the season versus Deonta Foreman. What do you think here? I was surprised to see Larry Roundtree a healthy scratch. I thought he was ahead of these guys, but apparently I was trying to stick a square peg in a round tree. Uh, but Justin Jackson also splitting work with uh, Josh Kelly, who got at least a respectable amount of carries there. I don't know if it seems like it's serious with Eckler yet, but that is something where they're going to be some of the most added players. Because if it is with Eckler, whoever is back there, even if it's splitting work, they're probably both going to be relevant. Now, Deonta Foreman, I was hoping he would basically be Derrick Henry light. And it kind of seems like it because he's not super involved in the passing game. But was it over 100? yards last week or close to it and then a decent amount of work this week. He's someone I like, someone who I at least think has a chance to go pretty far in this tournament. Yeah, I uh, I quite like Foreman as well. My vote's going to be for Jackson who pops off the screen whenever I watch him. He looks more explosive than Kelly, looks more explosive than uh, than Larry Roundtree. And I think if Eckler were to go down, Jackson is the most natural fit for that three down role that Eckler plays. They're a better offense as well than 10 Tennessee, although he'll be splitting time. I, I do like Justin Jackson. So was your vote here for Foreman or Jackson? Because I, I feel like we could be deadlocked here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably prefer Joshua Kelly to Justin Jackson. See, I feel like Kelly's been a real plotter. Mm-hmm. I really want to like him as well, but he just doesn't look good when he's out there. Yeah, plotter is Foreman's forte. Yep. Boy, and I guess in a, a tiebreaker in a PPR league, I could be persuaded for Justin Jackson. But if I got Deonta Foreman on my roster, I'm not cutting him. Justin Jackson, if Eckler's back next week, he's baloney. And Deonta Foreman is the only one who maintains value into these crucial playoff weeks if you're desperate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advance Foreman because I think it'll be more interesting. 
Justin Jackson is just a high-end handcuff. If you have Eckler, perhaps you want Jackson. Mm-hmm. If you're stashing someone else, like uh, Nico Collins, for argument's sake, get Justin Jackson on your uh, on your roster. Now, the last one of the first round here, two more Tennessee backs, Dontrell Hilliard versus Jeremy McNichols. That is the argument also against Deont Foreman, is the fact that there's a couple guys back there, and when he's been doing well, it's been when McNichols was out. Hilliard, long run is what made his day and got his name known and why people like him right now is blowing up that week in a desperation week. Jeremy McNichols was getting massive targets at the beginning of the season, though, you know, injury and all that and then signing Foreman. This one, I'm kind of split. Do you have a preference? Yeah, for me, it's McNichols. He was getting work when Henry was there. We know how good Henry is, and yet they still chose to use McNichols. He's the better pass catcher. Hilliard obviously popped off in that big week, but he really only had one big run. I would rather Foreman. I'd rather McNichols. And I think that segues nicely, in that case, into who would you prefer, Foreman or McNichols? Well, I would give recency bias a little bit of weight here with Deontay Foreman because he's been healthy. Jeremy McNichols wasn't exactly awesome last week. They've gotten Hilliard since, and they're kind of splitting that kind of passing work. It seems like the guy who's going to be running is going to be Deontay Foreman. I personally would be advancing Deontay Foreman here, even though, like you said, those are those are really valid points. It's not that Derrick Henry's bad, or that's why McNichols is getting work. He earned that, and a lot of it's in the passing game. But Julio back... I don't know if they're as desperate as they were at the beginning of the season for a pass catcher as they were when they were thrown to McNichols. Well, Tannehill threw the ball 31 times, which is obviously not that great, but he threw to Jeff Swaim four times, Ferkser five times, Julio Jones six times, Nick Westbrook-Akina three times, Foreman twice, Chester Rogers once, Racy McMath twice, Cody Hollister once, McCall Pruitt three times, Dontrell Hilliard twice, Jeremy McNichols once. What that tells me is they want to throw the ball to someone and then just not sure who that is. As good as Westbrook Akina has been, as elite as Julio Jones has been over his career, the rest of them, you could throw a blanket over and set them on fire and you wouldn't notice the difference. I think McNichols is the third best pass catcher on this team and they just really didn't need to throw the ball against the Jags. Let's have a look at their upcoming schedule or schedule. Shout out Justin, (laughs) uh, who asked me earlier today how I pronounce that word and we had a lengthy discussion with neither of us realize we know how to pronounce it. So the Titans have uh, the Steelers coming up first week of the playoffs. They have the 49ers and they finish the season with the Dolphins. They're three teams you can run on. Are we expecting Henry to come back before the playoffs? I had not until the recent report that, hey, he may return, but seems like it might be kind of silly. You know what? I'm going to go Foreman because I think at least he's got a floor. McNichols' floor is nothing. And I think Foreman at the very least will be 10 for 40, maybe. You make a good point with potentially Henry coming back because if Henry comes back, Foreman might even be cut. Yep. And McNichols is still going to have that job, which is the same as what it has been when Henry was healthy. So uh, I can definitely see arguments either way. I'm going to give you the deciding vote here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Foreman and assume that Henry comes back not at all or week 18 when no one cares. Yeah, I don't mind that either. So working our way back up the table, Ty Johnson, 
Johnson versus Rashad Penny. For me, I think this is the preview of the best matchup on the board, uh, or this is the best matchup on the board. Who do you want here? Coleman is out, but it's not COVID. This is actually a lingering injury thing, if I'm correct, right? Uh, yes, he's always injured. Yeah. So, so is Rashad Penny. Yep, also true. Ty Johnson has not been injured and has been at least out there doing something every week. I don't think there's anybody who's going to become healthy and take things away from Rashad Penny. This would have been the week to be it with Alex Collins, who had been hurt and came back. And then now two weeks back from injury, it was the Rashad Penny show and blowing up. You think he might get a little bit more work here going forward. He's even more likely to get injured than your average running back who, as we know, they get injured all the time. But yeah, I, I got a lean Penny. Yeah, it's Penny for me too. They've got they've got the Rams, the Bears and the Lions. And that Lions game in week 17 uh, is enough for me to hold Penny. I'm probably most interested in him because he has that absolute ceiling that we saw this week. If you need to win a week, you want to be relying on R- Rashad Penny rather than Ty Johnson. I, you really don't want to be relying on either. Uh, but for me, it is Penny here advancing as much as I like Ty Johnson. Just a better offense as well, isn't it? Yep, and Ty Johnson, probably the the safer floor. This is the playoffs. You're playing against the best teams in the league to try to win. That safe floor is going to be the reason why you lose by 10. So yep. I, I understand uh, rolling with Penny. Stock's rising. Yep, and some sort of Johnson jerk as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, T.Y. Babies and Long Johnsons. <laughs> <laughs> he truly is the pun king. Right, <laughs> we have Amir Abdullah versus Chuba Hubbard. I think it's got to be Chuba here. As much much as I'm in on Amir Abdullah being that pass catching back, they just wanted to use Hubbard so much more as much as I didn't want them to. Same argument as we used earlier. Chuba Hubbard was getting carries when CMC was healthy mm-hmm. and Amir Abdullah was on the Vikings. Yeah, I think it's easy Chuba advancing here, but if I have Amir Abdullah on my roster, there's a good chance I'm, I'm not cutting him unless there's something amazing out there. I would say PPR, I'm more interested in Abdullah. Like true PPR, I'm more interested in Abdullah. Cam Newton for all his faults is still there, which I I think limits Hubbard's touchdown potential. It limits Abdullah's as well. Thankfully for both of them, they can kind of hit the home run if they need to, but the targets for Abdullah make him more interesting to me because if he gets six targets, five catches, that's a nice five-point floor and anything above that is a bonus. Again, this is the argument of floor versus ceiling. Is It's the classic discussion we have on the great debate. Who's better for Abdullah, Cam Newton or PJ Walker, who played half the game? Well, probably neither of them because they're both going to scramble more than check down. Same Arnold may play a factor down the stretch, apparently. Surely they don't bring him back. (laughs) I think they should push all three of them out onto the ice float (laughs) and just say goodbye. You know what? Play one of these guys at quarterback or something because Cam's washed. PJ Walker is... PJ Walker. You know, you might as well see what... Um, who was that kid they drafted a couple of years ago? I feel like he was a little fat guy, but he might have not actually been. Will Greer. Will Greer. That's him. I think he... That's a bit harsh on Will Greer. It's because there was a kid a couple of years older than me at school who was a big fat guy called, called Will Greer. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I just just associated him with a big fat guy. Also, shout out to uh, to Mike Jones, another kid a couple of years older than me, big fat guy, and Mac Jones still got a bit of a tum. <laughs> I want to say it's Abdullah, but it's Hubbard, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's Hubbard. All right. Uh, though I don't have a problem rostering Amir Abdullah. Yeah, old mother Hubbard advances, mm. and Amir Abdullah is left with uh, the bear cupboard. Mm-hmm. That's almost something. Hubba hubba. <laughs> Shubba hubba. <laughs> Jeff Wilson versus Duke Johnson. These are two very old man names. Yeah, and they're very old running backs. Well, okay, Jeff Wilson. I don't know. He's only old if it's the trade deadline and you're trying to trade with a rebuild. But <laughs> Jeff Wilson is and has been a, a proven commodity in a backfield where who really knows who's going to be the guy. But, you know, whoever the guy is is worth something. So my pick is Jeff and my name is Jeff yep. Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson advances for me too. That's an easy one. Just rest of season value. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, his legs might fall off because he is as injury prone as some of the other names on this list, but Duke Johnson might not even have one week value. It's odd that he's sort of fallen out of the league. I don't know if he's gets asshole taxed. I don't know if he's sort of a well-regarded man or not. It's just hard to get that brown stain off. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Right. Jeff Wilson versus Chuba Hubbard. Who do you like here? For me, it is Jeff Wilson. Ooh. Better offense, more proven, and just who are you going to back? Kyle Shanahan or the guy we had to Google to find out? I'm going to back Elijah Mitchell. He's supposed to be back next week. Let's have a look at a quick update here. He's proven himself to be as injury prone as the rest of uh, these uh, running backs. It's apparently a quality they look for as a 49er running back. It's like, are you going to miss every other game? All right, then. All right. All right. Come on. Yeah. He had a head injury and then knee irritation. So make of that what you will. Jeff Wilson, two weeks ago, a lot of people played him, including me, and he irritated his knee and did diddly squat. And then this week he did get 13 carries, but it's, it's it's a whole bunch of fragile guys. It's like juggling China and hoping you end up with the piece that doesn't break. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a, a really solid analogy. So who is it for you? Is it Jeff or Chuba Hubbard? It's Chuba. I'm going to agree there. I don't like it. Wilson's the better player, but we're talking rest of season, I guess. And it's Chuba Hubbard. Probably be more comfortable playing Chuba Hubbard than Jeff Wilson, I assume. Now, if you took a little bit of a tangent and said that during the whole, is Watson going to be traded? They said, oh, we would trade CMC in a deal for Watson. I think they do that because maybe they like Hubbard that much. But I understand it's a little bit of a, a narrative and rumor limb, but they at least drafted this guy. So Yeah, I, I don't know what to believe those rumors coming out of Houston and all those trades. I can see why you would trade McCaffrey if you don't feel as though you're competing, but by the same token, like he's your best player. And we've just seen what happens with Carolina when they try to move on from these guys they don't necessarily want to be moved on from mm-hmm. or maybe they just realize they messed up paying a rb a huge second deal after giving him a massive workload yeah i think we are seeing that rear its ugly head now our second last contest tonight rashad penny deonta foreman what say you penny probably going to get a similar amount of carries probably more insult- involved in the past game 
probably a better big play threat. Foreman has the Henry lurking and all these other running backs who we kind of like in the backfield. For me, it's going to be Penny and banking on that he uses Charmin, <laughs> strong, durable, soft tissue. Yep. I uh, I agree on Penny. Uh, as you say, higher ceiling. He's going to get that workload, better offense. Every other point we've made about him throughout the pod so far, I think, holds true against Deonta Foreman. And that leaves us with the final, the running back trash pile bowl, Chuba Hubbard or Rashad Penny, who is top of your list here? This is like winning the consolation bracket. <laughs> I'm not sure. Do you have a preference? It's it's Penny for me. That ceiling, better players, better quarterback, notionally an offense that wants to run the ball a lot, can still catch passes. I think he's probably pound for pound a better player. Uh, and he just has a higher ceiling. I understand that he's had issues in the past, but I feel like he's the swing for the fences. And at its heart, this is a waiver show. And I think he's going to be out there in more leagues than Hubbard, which is a bit of a cop-out answer. But hey, it's my show. Hey, I like it. A lot of the argument against Penny is lack of health. All these criticisms come from when he was still unhealthy. We finally got a glimpse of Penny healthy, and this is what it looked like. And that looks a lot better than what Hubbard put up this week. So can support it. Your Penny stocks are now dollar stocks or $100 stocks or I don't know. I don't know how stocks work. <laughs> I think it's something like that. I think you just continue to buy stocks and then you talk about stocks and then you trade them for cryptocurrency and then all of a sudden you go to the moon. It's a good time. I don't know what I'm investing in half the time. Yeah, apparently there's an N in stocks. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we're not talking about stocks, who's the NFT on this list? No, I won't. I won't push that with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure who takes the best picture. So I'm going to give you a wild card pick here and say of all the names that we've discussed tonight, we, we, we've agreed Rashad Penny is our number one here. Who do you want on your roster? of these names that we've discussed. Dynasty background, I definitely want Hubbard. I think that's something where he could be a high-end handcuff going into next season. As far as redraft and trying to win the rest of the year, we know the Seahawks are going to run the ball, and we all know when Russ cooks, it's TV dinners. <laughs> I like what we ended up with here yep. with Rashad Penny. Were you looking for me to pick someone other than him? No, I'm happy with that. I would say that Penny, Hubbard, Abdullah, Ty Johnson, Foreman, and McNichols are probably the players that should be rostered in your league. I think you can basically draw a line through Craig Reynolds, through Austin Walter, Alex Collins isn't worth a pinch of shit. And from a dynasty perspective, I'd be interested in holding on to, uh, to Godwin Igwebuike. Ooh, nailed it. I hope so. <laughs> I could have looked up how to pronounce his name. I, I think there is some dynasty value there potentially. He's the sort of guy you might roster over the off season and then cut to make room for another rookie. But of, of all those backs in Detroit, I think he has the best chance of being something, whether that's in Detroit or somewhere else. He's a bit old. I think he's 27. He's a converted wide receiver, isn't he? Iguabuike. Yeah. Igwebuike. We could just have a whole podcast to try and pronounce this guy's name. I didn't realize he'd been in the league since uh, 2018. Yeah. There you go. Previously been on San Francisco, Tampa Bay. I take it all back. I have no interest in Godwin Igwebuike <laughs> beyond this season. Um, but thank you for listening all the way through this podcast for me to come to that uh, revelation. <laughs> we came to this conclusion on Dynasty Wire. It's like, oh, I guess maybe. He oh, no, no. 27. Get out of here. <laughs> That's a sad realization. And, and speaking of people who are far too old to play running back, happy birthday to the man himself. Who's the prophet? Happy birthday. A 
princely big five zero, and might I say he doesn't look Ooh. a day older than that. So congratulations. Also, shout out to our boys, uh, George and Jason, for their awesome work with Toys for Tots over the weekend. Uh, we are, of course, a charity podcast here at Sleepwire. And of course, those people who go out of the way to give back to their community are always near and dear in our hearts. Now, before I wrap up the show, do you want to tell the good people where they can hear you and get in contact with you if they want to steal your... It's one o'clock in the morning. I've forgotten the word that I was looking for. You Don't steal him. That's what this boils down to. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Iowa in the NFL on Twitter, at Iowa in the NFL on Sleeper. If you want to hear me on a podcast, you're already listening to the right place. It's the Sleeper Wire Network. It's where you hear these awesome shows like The Great Debate and The Sleeper Wire Show. And if you want to hear some of my work, you might follow 32-Bit and hear all-stars like Sheehan and Justin B. Just absolutely crush it on the screen pass. And I'm lucky enough to get to uh, tinker with the art that they lay out for me there. And Sheehan, thank you for having me on. Oh, it's always a pleasure, man. Love talking ball with you. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. And thank you once again for saving my ass this evening otherwise these uh, these people would have just had to listen to me churn my wheels which uh, is always better to do when I'm churning my wheels with someone else now as I mentioned off the top we are a charity podcast here you can check us out at patreon.com slash sleepwire every Rashad penny that you give us goes to charity we don't make any money out of this um, we support a number of mental health charities and we all know how important that is is. Of course, you can stay up to date with everything happening in our world at Sleeperwire Show on Twitter. You can follow me at Sheehan Solo. You can log on to Amazon and buy any of my books, The Little Guide to Seinfeld, The Little Guide to the Office. They're perfect just in time for Christmas. I don't actually make any money out of that either. Turns out I just do a lot of things for no real value. <laughs> but they're great gifts. Whether you like someone, whether you don't like someone, they are just wonderful stocking stuffers. Anyway, I will leave you there before I just continue to ramble on and say all the best this weekend unless you're playing against me.